0: That was the sound of salsa, bachata, and cumbia being taught at a local event by Tiempo Latino Dance Company in Reno, Nevada. These different styles of music echo across Latin America, connecting the different cultures and identities that make up the dance community of Reno.
1: That's the sound of Chops Barbershop in downtown Las Vegas. The importance of identity, family, and perseverance are themes that many Latinos can relate to. And these shared attributes are called Latinidad. And at Chops, finding Latinidad is part
0: of the experience. Welcome to Indie Matters, the podcast from the Nevada Independent. I'm your host this week, Alex Kuro. And today... Me and reporter Janelle Calderon are going to be diving into the diverse and deeply rooted Hispanic cultures that span the Silver State as members of the community celebrated during Hispanic Heritage Month. We've got two different stories of very real people that live here in Nevada. One is Jerison Chavez, owner of Tiempo Latino Dance Company, who has brought the Latino community together through salsa. And the other is Ernest Madrid. Owner of Chops Barbershop in Las Vegas, who has been understanding and exploring his own relationship with Latinidad since he was a teenager. And here to introduce the pod with me today is Janelle. Hi, Alex. So I was actually born in Mexico. My whole
1: family's roots are in Mexico. And I am now becoming more aware of holding on to my culture and not just going through the motions through the everyday American lives. It's an active effort to stay connected. Sometimes I see myself forgetting a word in Spanish and I panic because I don't want to lose that. I cannot lose that.
0: You grew up in Vegas, right?
1: I moved to Las Vegas when I was nine from Mexico City.
0: Mexico City is such a beautiful place. It's actually one of my favorite places to go and travel to. And I know for me, I'm Deeply connected to the Latino culture, I actually spent three years living and working in Guatemala, where I learned Spanish and found friends and family, and really fell in love with the culture. So Janelle, what was it like for you coming from Mexico to living in a completely different country here in the U.S.? I would tell kids I was from Mexico. They, they were like, oh,
1: so you crossed the border. Yeah, through an airplane. I flew here. <laughs> Immigrant stories differ. And we're not monolithic.
0: Yeah, well, we're definitely going to be talking about that today because during this month, which starts September 15th and ends October 15th, we're celebrating the diversity that exists within the Latino community. Not just the differences between countries, but also there are a lot of differences within countries. Like Mexico is a huge country.
1: Yes. When we were growing up, kids would think that I was in a little tiny town, that I rode a donkey to school when... Mexico City is metropolitan. It's like New York,
0: the capital of the country. It's also multicultural and it has a lot to offer. Yes, it's very diverse. That is something I love. When I lived in Guatemala, like there's a big sense of unity and like acceptance and family. So, we're doing this episode because September 15th started Hispanic Heritage Month. We thought it would be fun to kind of highlight a couple Latino-owned businesses in Nevada. And this month started in 1968 as a week-long celebration, but it was in 1988 that President Ronald Reagan turned it into a month-long holiday. And actually, there are a lot of countries that celebrate their independence days during this time frame.
1: Yes, uh, Mexico's in September 16. I do know that Nicaragua and El Salvador also have their independence day September 15. And Chile is
0: September 18. So this is just a great time to celebrate all of those countries Yeah,
1: and here in Nevada, about 30% of our population describe themselves as Hispanic or Latino. And as we know, that could mean anything from having Latino parents to actually being immigrants to just having
0: an identity like Latinidad, as we say. And with that, let's jump into our pod this week and discover some of the Latinidad that exists here in Nevada.
2: My name is Gerson Chavez. I'm the proud director of Tiempo Latino Dance Company, and I'm originally from Costa Rica. I've been in Reno since I was 16. The idea was to go to high school, learn the language. I didn't know how to speak English when I moved here.
0: As a native of Costa Rica, one of the 33 countries that make up Latin America and the Caribbean, Gerson's first language is Spanish.
2: The moment someone starts talking to me, they recognize I have an accent because I haven't been able to get rid of it. (laughs) And I have no desire to get rid of it. It's just part of me. So I represent, in a way, what being a Latino is.
0: But what does Latino even mean? One thing that can be confusing when we talk about Hispanic Heritage Month is the terminology used. And rightfully so, because there's actually a debate on this distinction between the word Hispanic and Latino.
2: I, I remember one time being very frustrated with the difference between Latinos and Hispanics and what's the difference.
0: The most commonly accepted definition of the term is that Latino means any person from Central or South America or the Caribbean. The tricky part here is that not every Latino speaks Spanish.
2: They don't have to speak Spanish. People from Brazil are Latinos and people don't know that. Hey, galera. Tudo bem? Today we're going to see different ways to say hello in Portuguese.
0: Latinos might speak Portuguese or French, and 42 million indigenous people live in Latin America and the Caribbean, so around 560 indigenous languages are spoken. In fact, in Central America, in the country of Guatemala, where I was living, there's 22 different dialects of Mayan still spoken. And the term Hispanics refers to people from Spain and countries colonized by Spain.
2: Hispanics are people that speak Spanish, you know, but like I was saying just a second ago, I always focus on the things that unite us, not the things that divide us.
0: Terminology aside, Hispanic Heritage Month is a national celebration to honor the history, culture, and influence of past generations who came from Spain, Mexico, and the Caribbean, and Central and South America, and all of their contributions to the U.S.
2: Renge has a really strong downbeat. The drum goes... And then Machata, if you pay attention to the drums, they simply go... And then Salsa comes from Mambo. And Mambo... Has these sounds on the drums that go ba and dum dum and ba and dum dum.
0: Although Jerison did learn English after coming to Reno, the language that really captivated him was the language of dance.
2: One of the things that I'm blessed about being from Costa Rica is that Costa Rica, being in Central America, you get a lot of influence from everywhere. And so I got an opportunity to be surrounded by many different styles of music. But salsa music, for some reason, I just fell in love with. The word salsa
0: originates from a 1933 song by composer Ignacio Benedo. The title... Echa la salsita translates to spice it up a little. It initially developed into a particular style in the 1940s and comes from a tradition of Latin dance styles that dates back to as early as the 1900s. It is heavily influenced by Afro-Cuban traditions, but the specific origin of salsa is debated. Some of today's most popular forms of salsa include styles influenced by the cultures of New York, Puerto Rico, and Los Angeles.
2: The roots of salsa come from the Caribbean, right? They made its way into the United States in the form of Mambo, Chacha, Merengue, guavancos, Montuno. It made its way into New York and got mixed with jazz and blues. And they back in the day when they had the big bands, Latinos also had the dream of having their own big bands, right?
0: As people moved to new locations and assimilated into new cultures, salsa evolved into fresh styles that can be seen all over the world.
2: Nowadays, because of the internet, like I feel like you can find salsa music anywhere in the world. There's a, there's a salsa orchestra in, I believe, Japan. It's called Salsa de la Luz. And it's really cool because they even sing in Spanish. And now salsa dancing, it's everywhere.
0: And of the many places in the world that dances salsa is Mexico. But, Mexico also has its own style of music, known as banda. Which features percussion, woodwind, and brass instruments such as the tuba. It's influenced by the polka and has its own dancing style that can be seen at any quinceanera, even here in Reno.
2: In Reno, we do have a community because of where we're located. We don't get a lot of Latinos from the Caribbean side or from Central America. Most of the Latinos that are here are from Mexico. And so a different style of music is banda music.
0: Aside from Mexico, one of the other Latino countries that has its own styles and variations of salsa is Colombia.
3: I say Colombians, we love to dance, and we dance many different kinds of music. But salsa is something that is
0: important for all of us.
3: We learn how to dance when we are kids.
0: That was Vanessa de la Cruz, an international student at UNR, who is from Medellin, Colombia.
3: We have our own salsa style. It's called salsa Caleña, which comes from the city of Cali. It's not California. It's a city in Colombia that is called Cali. And this salsa, it's very
0: distinctive because it requires a lot of foot movement. Salsa dancing and salsa music is a big part of Vanessa's identity as a Latina. So finding that community in the U.S., in this case through Jefferson's dance classes, was important to her.
3: Salsa is part of my roots as Colombian and as a Latino woman. I think it's part of who we are. We can express ourselves by dancing. And I was happily surprised when I first came to Reno because back home I was a dancer. I used to take professional classes. And then when I came to Reno, I thought I was not going to be able to dance anymore. But then I found out that there is a huge dancing community here in Reno.
0: Jerison followed his dream here in America and started Tiempo Latino Dance Company because of his desire to create this sense of community in northern Nevada, along with his connection to his Latino roots.
2: To have started my dance company here in the United States and having a successful dance company that has been around for six, seven years. It's been a a slow process. We didn't grow in one year or two years. I've been doing it for a long time.
0: But making his dream a reality was hard at times.
2: Taking classes and then I started teaching for someone else and then I started doing my own classes and then I started having my own dance teams and then little by little we've been growing. We have to diversify because being only a dance instructor is very difficult.
0: While running a company isn't always easy, Salsa has always been an outlet for Jerison to deal with his emotions and cross-cultural identity.
2: Growing up, In Costa Rica, I learned that a real dancer doesn't only go out dancing when they're happy. We go out dancing when we're sad. We go out dancing when we're angry. We go out dancing no matter what, because it's a stress relief. That's the way we are able to deal with our feelings.
0: Jerison sees salsa as a way to teach about the Latino culture while also connecting people from all different backgrounds.
2: Salsa dancing is my safe place where I can go regardless of my religion, regardless of my political views, or the skin of my color. We welcome everybody. All we care about is dancing.
4: Ready? Go. Five.
2: And now
0: let's check back in with Janelle as she shares her experience at Chops Barbershop.
4: Yeah, you know, we're going by now. Right I think being the Mexican-American that's actually born here, that's Chicano. That's the bottom base of everything. The border crossed me. I didn't cross the border.
1: That was Ernest Madrid, who has struggled to find his own identity as a North American who is also indigenous Mexican. Ernest started cutting hair at 13 years old, so he could use the money his mom would give him for haircuts or candy instead. It wasn't until his mid-20s that he considered cutting hair as a career rather than just a hobby. And so in order to follow his passion and also represent his own Chicano heritage, he opened Chop's Barbershop in the Las Vegas Arts District, named after his lifelong nickname Chop's.
4: And so all those people sitting in your barbershop at one time, having a common ground, a common conversation, that's community. That's what you want to give back to. How's your week been, man? If I could show them off what being a Chicano is or not necessarily just being so Mexican or so American and having that here in my shop, I think my shop's been successful at that point. I was born in El Paso, Texas. My dad was in the military and we moved back to Albuquerque and my dad didn't really want to raise his family in Albuquerque, so he brought us all out to Las Vegas. But my roots are all there, my family's all there, which is the culture is very different from like the traditional Mexican culture. It's more of an Indian, uh, Hispanic uh, infusion type of deal.
1: 167 years ago, the U.S. and Mexico signed the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, ending the Mexican-American War. Mexico lost over half of its territory in the deal. This territory became what we know as the American Southwest. One of the areas that used to be part of Mexico is New Mexico, where Ernest and his family are from, as well as our state of Nevada.
4: When I was younger, I just didn't feel like I was always too American, but I wasn't too Mexican. I couldn't vibe too much with the Mexican-Mexican homies who were from Mexico, and I couldn't invite with the American people who were actually born here. So that's when I later on in life, I found the rockabilly movement. And I was like, it was a culture clash. It was pretty dope. And then and that's when I started back to identifying as Chicano, you know what I'm saying?
1: The term Chicano was originally a racist slur created to describe working class Mexican Americans in Spanish speaking neighborhoods.
4: People say it's Mexican American, but I say it's just, it's culture, the different lifestyle, the clothing style, the hair, uh, all around. You know, being a barber, a lot of these cuts that I do are are Chicano-style haircuts. And to me, that's the culture. You just try to breathe it out to the community. It
1: wasn't until the 1960s, during the Chicano political uprising, known as El Movimiento, that Mexican-Americans reclaimed the term. The uprising was a movement that advocated for social and political empowerment for Mexican-Americans through Chicano nationalism. Many students protested during this time with the slogan, Viva la Raza. And today, the term Chicano is used to represent Mexican-Americans who identify with one or more of the political or social aspects of Chicano culture.
4: You have the lowrider style of Chicano, you have the rockabilly style of Chicano, and then you have the uh, Mexican-American lifestyle, you know. I don't think there's like a look. It's just heart, feeling, love, culture. That environment brings you to be Chicano.
1: Ernest has faced many challenges in owning his own business in Las Vegas over the years including in November of last year when an electrical fire ignited on the backside of the building. Although the contents of the barbershop were untouched, potential asbestos exposure forced him and his nine barbers to shut down. But through his Chicano community, he found hope and a reason to move forward.
4: It's like a respect movement. It's, it's something that generations forget from back in the day. Back when Consafos was first started, it's a sailing of respect. It's a showing the honor and, and the respect for one another.
1: Consafos is a Spanish word meaning with safety, and today the term is used by many Chicanos to mean freedom and respect.
4: And in life as a man, everything is based off respect and consafos and and your culture and how you were brought up.
1: In May, Chops reopened its stores alongside a small thrift shop called La Tienda, which is Spanish for the store.
4: A lot of people say that it's a pretty cool concept to have a barbershop and a vintage clothing store connected right next to each other. As a religious person, I want to show the love that I have in my heart for or everyone. Through the power of God, I, I could show that and show it in my shop. No matter what sexual origin, race, religion, culture, lifestyle you live, I wanted that to all be accepted here.
1: Ernest has strong values of respect rooted in his Chicano heritage, and today he's continuing this legacy through being a father.
4: I think respect is given It's not earned You give respect To earn respect You know what I'm saying So the way I raise my, my children Is you know and there's, a, there's a thing In my house Where the men Take care of the women The women Nurture the men And make that love And then that love Becomes a family That family Becomes what you would call The respect You know For one another
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Matters. We want to thank Gerson
0: Chavez, Vanessa De La Cruz, and Ernest Madrid for being on the show today. This show was produced and edited by me, Alex Kuro, and Janelle Calderón, with additional help from Michelle Rendels and Joey Lovato. If you want to support the show, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen. You can also email us at podcast at theenvyindie.com.
1: Our theme song is from Emily Pratt, and we have additional music from Storyblocks, June Pearson, and Joey. Thank you for listening to Indie Matters. I'm your host this week, Alex Kuro. And I'm your co-host, Janelle Calderon. And we'll talk to you next
0: week.